Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Excuse me, Mrs. Brinks? Yes, Nanette? Are you waiting to receive my limp podcast? So, you know how I was talking about how excited I was getting for a haircut because mm-hmm. uh, I... I'm getting to that age where I'm looking forward to whether someone's going to make me feel good about myself or someone's just going to write up fuck my shit. Yeah. So I made the terrible decision in getting a haircut on a whim. So I'm at the shops. My hair's a fucking pigsty. And I was like, all right, I've got a couple of hours before I have to go to work do I get a haircut? Like, I walk past this barber that I usually go to. And they usually do fine. Like, I haven't had an issue with them for, like, in a while. The last time I had an issue with them was literally someone spent 45 minutes just giving me a trim. And it was just... It was just a terrible experience all around. Mm -hmm. But, uh... So, I'm like, fuck it. I'll go in, get a haircut. Even though my boss... My boss is like, hey, go here get a haircut, tell them I sent you, they'll fix you up. I'm like, oh, okay. I was, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. But it got to the point where, man, my hair's fucking messy. I'll go get this haircut. Walk in and the first sign of trouble was when uh, this lady just comes, this Asian lady comes up to me and goes, sorry, I'm very bad at English. And I just went, <clears throat> all right i'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt and unless you don't you know give me a reason not to so she's like what do you want i'm like just a trim so get a number three clippers around the sides and the scissors up the middle my regular that's that's my regular and uh yeah so she spends a good 20 30 minutes with the clippers going around the sides with the clippers like it's like every single time she went around my head she saw something she missed and just had to fucking make it even so that 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 was not going well and then uh the second sign of shit not going my way is she'd call over two other people to sort of i think consult on on her hair cutting abilities. So I'll be just, so I'll just be sitting there looking in the mirror and she bring over these two other uh, Asian ladies and she sort of step back and then the Asian ladies be like, "Mm mm-hmm and start nodding their heads going, "Mm mm-hmm. And then she'd resume and I've gone, oh my God, she's, she's basically asking them if she's doing okay. Like I, it's, I've gotten to the point in where I believe this woman hasn't cut hair before ever because this is a hair salon as well as a nail salon. So Ooh. I have the feeling she was probably from the nail salon side of things. Oh, this is just and, getting worse and worse. And then like she starts going on the scissors and what they usually do when they like trim your hair to a size is like they feed your hair through their fingers to get a estimate size and then they'll cut the hair using their fingers as a grip for the hair to get a size. And you could see when she was gripping my hair with 
the her fingers, her fingers would sort of slide up as she was cutting, so it would become uneven as fuck. Oh. So she'd be doing that, and like the right side of my head is just like the hair is so uneven on the right side of my head and I'm I'm fucking going all right we need to get this done uh so I go to her, excuse me how long do you think this will take and her response was oh no I'm cutting it short I went okay okay um, so I'm like I think there's a translation area okay how how much time do you think this will take? Oh no, I'm cutting it short. Fuck. All right. Oh, okay. So I'm like, will you be quick? Yes, yes, yes. It, not much longer. Okay, finally. There and then go. I get I get a trimmer. Like she fucks that up, and I'm sitting there going, "You mi-, like cut a bit more off the right, and then she'd cut more off the right, and then not touch like." anything else so it looked even from that point onwards turns out no got home and that shit was fucked that was still fucked uh and pretty much the same thing happened with the beard i'm like just trim the beard a bit okay she pulls out the fucking hair clippers but like with no clipper attachment so it's just bare clippers and she goes on my face like i feel it sort of cut in my face i'm like what what no 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 what are you doing and she's like, oh, shave it. No, I said trim. Fuck. All right. So my hair got fucked up. My face got fucked up. And I'm sitting there going, I, I, I went home and I saw the damage in the mirror. And I was just like, fuck this. Fuck this to hell. I look like a fucking homeless person trying to cut this, their own hair to save a buck. Jesus. And now I have to deal with this for a couple of weeks until I can get like my sister or someone professional to trim it for me. Grand. Yep. Oh, grand. But anyway, hello world and welcome to SV Cheats 1, a podcast about gaming and gaming related symptoms. And apparently I am your fucking hair related symptoms as well. Hair related symptoms as well. I am your host, Chris, and with me we have... Alex. And it's just the two of us today. It's just two of us today. Third Musketeer is not with us. He is uh, on a uh, what I would call a exclusive uh, hunt. He's uh, getting the exclusive juices for us. He's getting Ooh. the details on some top secret stuff that no one can know of until the top secret stuff has no longer been top secret. So right. we wish him well, but he is not here with us today. It's just me and Alex. And the show must go on, I do believe. That's that's what they say. Yes. That's what... Oh, yes. It's like... You know the term break leg? Yeah. And I was like, that's meant to be good luck. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck thought that was a good idea? I have no idea. I, I don't even know where it comes from as sort of like a base. But if you're talking in the literal sense, I do not view breaking your leg as something fortunate. Like, I had the feeling it was... Like breaking a leg is meant to be like superstitious in a sense for actors to hey fucking apparently saying good luck's bad luck and saying fuck yourself up is good luck it's, All right. what a what a time to be alive what a time 
But talking about time, how have you been spending your week, Mr. Uh, Alex? Well, I've been spending my week uh, with you, continuing on from fucking last week and all of our strategy game playing uh, extravaganzas. So I'm, we've moved on to um, Planetary Annihilation Titans this week. So I'm pretty sure we've kind of settled on what RTSs we're going to be playing for a while. Yeah. And that seems to be Soulstorm, Dawn of War Soulstorm. That's definitely staying around. Uh, Planetary Annihilation. Titans. Titans. And... Uh, Civ 5. Civs. I believe we're in the middle of yeah. Game Off. Civs yeah. 5. So the one thing fucked about that Civs 5, uh, me and Alex, we had like just... I think it was me, Alex, and four or five other AIs. Mm-hmm. And he had the time settings on quick so you can choose like your difficulty how many races what maps and how long the game is going to be so you can have a quick long marathon fucking never ending whatever whatever he said it on quick we are like four hours in and still sweet fuck all has happened like well, I think the another o- player, uh, one of the AI have been knocked out of the game. Yeah, I knocked the AI out of the game because yeah. I I put down my settler in a nice, luxurious place with all the copper in the world. I've got so much fucking copper. I have so many iron deposits around me I just couldn't get. That was also annoying. But I was slowly set putting settlers out everywhere to try and get all the resources I can. And then this motherfucker, motherfucker Darius, just decides to plop like he plops his land in between my free cities so like think of my free cities as a triangle formation mm. and he put his land dead fucking center if that is not an act of war i do not know what is but i took it as an act of war the he, he saw it was an act of war it's like hey um you're putting soldiers up at my doorstep you think that's a smart idea? And I fucking murked him. <laughs> fucking took his resources. My city ain't happy, but I don't give a fuck. We're going to be happy eventually once we fill this shit with coliseums. Murder death sports always brings the popularity up. But yeah, so literally one AI has been killed. Uh, like 170 turns have passed. Quote unquote quick. <laughs> that's the fucking joke. But yeah, Civs 5 is... I, I really like Civs 5. It's kind of relaxing. You don't really have to do much. I say it's kind of relaxing as I basically go on harping about how I fucked some guy up for putting his land where I didn't like it. <laughs> relaxing. Sensitive. And uh, an enjoyable yeah. uh, experience. It is. Quite relaxing. You sit down, have a fucking... Put down a cup of joe, have an aneurysm, and enjoy the rest of your <laughs> Civs 5 experience. Uh, I remember the, fucking, the bait mm. the uh, your fucking city automatically takes a uh, takes a hexagon that you didn't want to take, so you oh, flip out and smash your keyboard. You fucking spend too much coins. I'm pretty sure the more city tiles you buy, the more expensive they get. Yeah, they do. They do do that. I learnt that the hard way. Now every city tile is quite expensive, but I remember he's, this was not last Christmas, but two Christmases ago. Mm-hmm. I because uh, I usually go down to my hometown where my family lives for Christmas and we enjoy celebrating there 
And this time I decided to bring my laptop with Civs 5 installed on it. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to play a Civs 5 game and I'm going to have it on marathon thing with as many AI as I can with all this and that. And I'm going to try and hopefully finish this before next Christmas. I, I think I pretty much started and ended it right there and haven't touched that save, save ever since. It was Brilliant. fucking fair. It would probably still be on my laptop. I open it up and it'd be like, fucking everyone's dead. They starved to death. They need nourishment. But no, so Civ 5. Fucked off. Yeah, fuck right off. So Civ 5 is a RTS that we've uh, investing in. Still, Soulstorm is a RTS that we're heavily investing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a fucking amazing game this morning. Uh, what was it? I was the Space Marines and you were the Imperial Guard. Yep. And it's a 2v2. And there's a literal, like, aisle. Into the breach. In, it's the map into the breach. Into the breach in, in uh, Dawn of War Soulstorm. It was a little aisle in the middle. that, And that's the only way to get to the other team. So it's a massive, tr- like, bottleneck, right? And that's the only way. And Alex got really fucked up to begin with because they just spammed units over to his side. And then eventually I just built up my defense, got Alex to build his base and my base. It took like 50 minutes, but we were, we went from the brink of defeat to utterly winning and fucking up the entire team. And it was amazing. It was fucking, it's the best I've felt all week. It's not only that, the whole match took about, what was it like? I said 50 minutes. 50 minutes. Yeah, it took in the entirety of 50 minutes. And there was no point in time that we had downtime. It was, yeah, it was 50 minutes of straight combat. Constant bombardment. It was fucked. It literally was, I would say, 40 minutes of constantly keeping the enemy off our backs and then 10 minutes of just rolling our armies through their bases and winning. It so was that's, brilliant. It was fucking brilliant. It was, as I said, the best I felt in a game all week. Um, uh, we also played another strategy game this morning that went for two and a half hours. Oh, no, that's another one. Yes. So Interplanetary, the enhanced edition. So this game I picked up a couple of years ago, and it's it's kind of simplistic in which you are literally just running a planet in a solar system, mm. and you just build mining deposits, you build your energy, you build your planetary weapons. And it's fairly simplistic, nothing like highly detailed in graphics, but it is fun as fuck. And it took, I think, two hours for one of us to get defeated. And which was Alex. Like Alex, like there are free super weapons in interplanetary, which is you can use asteroid belts and then lob asteroids at other planets you can use nuclear weapons and just fuck someone's day out with a nuclear weapon and then you can use lasers so the benefits of asteroids is the asteroids uh have a bigger attack like radius sort of thing so it does more aoe damage but it's harder to aim because you have to go from outside the solar system 
to aim at a planet. Uh, nuclear missiles, uh, they... They got uh, lock-on. They got lock-on, they're pinpoint, but they can be stopped by pretty much your um, Earth defences and stuff. So you can have uh, defences which block especially against nuclear stuff. You have defences which block especially against missiles. So they're easily blocked, but they do a lot of damage if not. <clears throat> and then there is lasers, which is straight up pinpoint. You are going to hit the enemy a hundred percent it's gonna hundred percent hint but it doesn't do a lot of damage so he alex started off with the nukes i went for the asteroids and i couldn't fucking aim an asteroid for the life of me so i just gave up the asteroid run and started building lasers and then attacking alex's nukes to which then other planets decided to jump in on this fucking gang fight and then eliminate alex and i'm like oh man if i knew that they were going to fuck you up. I probably wouldn't have attacked your nuclear site. I would have kept you in just for a little bit more. But yeah, it was like two hours. It yeah. didn't feel like it for me. No, that did not feel like two hours. I guess because we were having fun. Yeah. And the fourth uh, RTS game we've been playing in more recently is Planetary Annihilation Titans. Now, I am more a fan of this game than I am of any other RTS we've played so far. Because it's really fun. Uh, it's on a much larger scale. There are more opportunities to defeat an enemy other than just, you know, building units. Because so far, there I've discovered there are, you can use titans to destroy the enemy. You can use nuclear weapons to destroy an enemy. You can use other planets to destroy an enemy or you can just swarm them with units to destroy them. So like there is a variable when it comes to defeating enemy. It isn't just like rock, paper, scissors sort of thing, which is fun as fuck. And having like multiple planets to fight in a solar system is great. I do enjoy that. But yes, I remember one of the latest matches we had was literally an asteroid came into our, our planetary solar system. So I'm like, all right, save that asteroid for me. I'm going to lob it at an enemy. going to lob it at an enemy base. Put like one jet thruster on that, fire it at a planet that we knew at least a couple of the enemies were on. Turns out all the enemies were on that fucking planet. And we won. It took like, what, five, five minutes. minutes? It was, it was, yeah. a, it was a 15-minute game. It was fun. It was fun as fuck, yeah. though. So oh, definitely Planetary Annihilation uh, Titans is one of the funnest RTSs I've played in recent memory. I'm mm. thinking about I'm thinking about maybe probably picking up Age of Empires 2 because I do have that. We'll see how it goes. But right now I'm going to stick with uh, Soulstorm and uh, Planetary Annihilation because they're the funnest ones, I think. But other, other than our RTSs, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, I've been hitting that gacha game. Oh, like, uh, still on the gacha. Like, fuck it. Well, it's an addiction, man. You can't stop once you start, well, so... I'm still on the gacha. Yeah, exactly. See? <laughs> but, like, so, I've yeah. eased off a lot of the other gachas. Okay. Like, I've eased off the Dragon Ball gacha. I've eased off the um, Azure Lane. I've eased off uh, Girls Frontline a bit. 
I've eased off those uh, those ones a bit. I'm still hitting uh, Fate Grand Order hard because that's the one that I've put the monetary. primary focus one. Yeah, yeah. I've put money into that, so I'm gonna fucking milk it for all it's worth. Oh, is it, no, it's milking you. In all it's honesty, milking, it's milking you. It's, for it's, all it's milking worth. me for all I'm worth, but I ain't worth much. So, there's, hey man, there's that. All that money you're spending can go towards your Steam sales and to get your free fucking coupons. <laughs> ah, yes, because the, the Steam sales are going on right now. Uh, yeah, but that's that's it. I'm also playing Epic Seven and uh, AFK Heroes. But AFK Heroes is like, just log in, claim your rewards, and then just leave. <laughs> it is quite literally in the title, AFK. the main name of the game. Yeah. Just, hey, look, I've logged in, and I'm just leaving it over here. <laughs> that's yep. it. It's fantastic. So that's, that's your week? That's my week. So my week consists of plenty of, as said, the RTS as we spoke before, and a few extra additions. So... Uh, progress on the Doom Ultra Nightmare run. I've gained, I've continued that run, got past another level. So I haven't died yet, so we're still going strong. And I'm practicing the new level before I jump in. Haven't died yet. That's the main thing. There was, it was a point where I was talking to Alex and the crew that I was like, I legitimately almost shit my pants. Pants were almost shat. My, I would have fucking burnt the seat I was sitting on if it did. Because in one of the levels, there's a massive tower that you climb. And Doom is quite forgiving with its fall damage and how far you can fall without taking any actual, actual damage. But past a certain point, the game just goes, all right, if you land, you're dead. And that, that makes sense. If you fall from one the top of the tower to the bottom, you're going to die. But, uh, so on the Ultra Nightmare run, I was at the top of the tower, about two jumps away from getting to the top, and missed. I fucking missed the ledge, and I started falling, and there was nothing on the way down that could have broken that fall, other than the floor, and the platform just above the floor. So, my eyes were like about to cry flashing before my life flashing before my eyes and i'm going this is it this is fucking it this is the end this is where we start again and i just move the doom guy over to any fucking platform that i can try to like land on before and nah couldn't get anything i was literally about to hit the platform that was just above the floor but i instead i hit the ledge of <laughs> the platform just above the floor and the fall animation got cancelled by doom guy grabbing a ledge and i completely avoided all damage and any death i almost died but got saved because of a fucking bug <laughs> that is that that's that really like I don't know what I would have actually done other than shit myself if I died then, but I'm so fucking glad I didn't <laughs> because now taking, I'm still continuing taking the run. Taking the phrase pants shitting rage to a literal meaning. Oh man, like I would have shat myself so far. I, I probably would have projected myself. 
in some way, shape, or form. So that's the Doom, uh, the, the Doom the catch up, the, the Doom update. Uh, I have also been playing a couple other games. One which is a game that uh, Alex has been playing as well, which is M- Muse Dash. Oh shit! I forgot all about Muse Dash. So Muse Dash is a, I would say, a simplistic. Uh, rhythm game with some of the best music like I've heard from a game in a while like it's it's very catchy music and it's simplistic nature but it has enough uh, it has enough uh, challenges and obstacles to change it up and make it difficult when it needs to be difficult so literally you just press like up on the D-pad. To, so you only have to hit two notes. You press up to hit the top note and you press a face button to hit a bottom note. And you have to avoid saws that come on the floor. If you hit them, then you ruin your combo. Oh, it's even easier than that, actually. Mm. And I uh, found that anything on the left side of the controller mm. will hit the top note and anything on the right side of the controller will hit uh, well, there the you go. Note. Yeah. So any face button from the left or right will hit the top and bottom. and uh, yeah. But I would say they kind of have bosses as well, which is quite interesting because they have a, a I would say, a boss. And that boss will be shooting the, the musical notes at you. And then it will come in for a swing at you, to which then you have to mash the buttons out to beat the shit out of the boss. And... Uh, if you beat the boss, you get like bonus extra points. If you don't beat the boss, the boss just walks away, but you still complete unless you get fucked. And it has like extra characters as well. And not only that, but it has, uh, so this game cost $5 on scene right now. The DLC costs 30. And I think that DLC is worth it because mainly of that one song that everyone fucking loves brain power, by Noma. Fuck it. By Noma. And, oh man, I haven't bought it yet because I'm, I'm poor as fuck. But when I do has the money, I'm going to get that music pack because it contains like an extra 70 songs and they're adding more songs to it as well. So think of it as like a season pass, but like a one-time only season pass. A DLC season pass, if that if that is even a thing. But yes, uh, Muse Dash is quite a real fun game, real enjoyable, something you can pick up, put down. And yeah, I highly recommend it to anyone out there. It's literally $5 just to get the base pack, which is like 60 songs uh, and all that fancy stuff. So that's that's fucking fantastic. Uh, another game I've been playing is a little cheap game, which is kind of weird. It's... A game called 911 Operator. We, you basically that. You're a 911 operator. You have to take calls. You have to dispatch units. But the uh, the thing about this game is you can set the map anywhere in the world. Even like I was able to set it in like my old hometown of Kadena in this game so i can have my old my own hometown in kadena and i could dispatch units all around kadena take no one calls it feels weird but it's fun at the same time and it's like six dollars on the steam sale right now so 
it's kind of like you micromanage it's how do you put it it's like the clicker games where you micromanage shit and then you upgrade like your your vehicles you upgrade your units you upgrade um their equipment because you deal with anything from like people literally running red lights to robberies in progress to people prank calling 911 okay. and like so like people will be prank calling 911 and uh but so this is the thing it's like people can prank call and you have to ignore it because if people are prank calling 911 then you might actually miss a call from a real emergency but some of these prank calls you have to kind of judge whether it's a prank call or not because if you decide to prank call and hang up then you lose a lot of money but if you think it's not a prank call and it is then you also lose a lot of money and then you lose like an objective because uh you spent your time on this prank call when someone else would have called you in the meantime so that's that's pretty fun uh one that i decided to touch base on was armor free having a play for that man that game is so pretty in 4k holy shit it, it fucking looks so good in 4k so i'm definitely giving it another uh shake of the sauce bottle but only just for now just like you know dipping my toe and see how it goes but the rpg that i've decided to buckle up finally and just bite the bullet and play it is chrono trigger have you heard mm. of that game before? That's a classic. That is a, I think, an SNES classic. Now, uh, I have it on my 3DS. I have the DS port because I, I think that is the best port of the game. I have it on PC, but the PC is apparently a shittier port of the phone, the Android version. So I'm like, okay. And I played it on the PC for like a tad and yeah, it just doesn't feel right. But the fact that I can have Chrono Trigger on the go with my 3DS, uh, plus the 3DS being, I believe, the best port of the game, like it's, it's really, it's weird, but it's also fun because they use a different system that I have only seen in Chrono Trigger, which is the tech system, which every ally has a technical ability, and that's abilities unique to them. But depending on who's in your party, you can combo these techs together to make a stronger tech ability. For example, uh, Marley and Chrono. Chrono has an ability which he just swings his sword around like a helicopter. Mm-hmm. And Marley has an ability which is just flamethrowers an enemy. But you can you combine those two techs together to have Chrono have a fire sword helicopter and it does like a fuck ton extra damage so this that's how you can sort of change up your party to get different techs and different abilities etc etc so that's always like really fun and interesting to look into especially when it's something i haven't really seen been done before like it probably has been done before i can't see why it wouldn't be done before because chrono trigger is one like one of them like the most popular and one of like the most popular it was one of the most popular games and one of the most influential rpgs Mm. like just like just how final fantasy was like i'm not saying chrono trigger is the most popular and influential but it's definitely up there 
So that it is most certainly one of, and it is referred to as one of the classics. Yeah, because it came out on the SNES, mm-hmm. and so like that, like in pretty much all they've done since the SNES is just tidy up the sprites a bit and make the uh, equipment stuff a lot easier, tidy up the screen. Like the game hasn't changed. That's the thing. Like the game has stayed the same for so long. And it still holds up. So it's it's a, an absolute classic. I don't want to say the term instant classic because I feel that's like an oxymoron. Mm. Because how can something be instantly classical? You tell me, huh? huh punk? Uh, nothing can become instantly classical. Exactly. Ubisoft. And nothing, well, becomes, nothing becomes instantly classical because you said so. Ubisoft. Oh, what is Ubisoft doing? Okay, so uh, back when the first Watch Dogs came out, yeah, I don't. It was iconic. They used the word iconic. Sorry, but it's still the same. It's still pretty much the same thing. Uh, back when the first Watch Dogs came out, Ubisoft uh, came out with a bundle, as yeah. Ubisoft fucking does. Yeah, and one of the things of their bundle was you could get uh, Aiden Pierce's hat. Now it wasn't just <clears throat> called Aiden Pierce's hat. It was called Aiden Pierce's iconic hat yeah because he was such a fucking standout character one of his monotone voice and his cookie cutter personality he was still better than whoever the fuck was in the second one no i disagree with that like aiden aiden pierce literally is just generic as fuck where you had the second guy who at least had a personality and at least had proper motivations other than well my daughter got killed in a car and blah 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 yeah no he that was pretty shit yeah. Yeah. No, but I'm talking like... From but to say his hat design. is iconic is stupid. Because yeah. no one's like, oh my fuck, is that Aiden's hat? Oh my God, if I put that in my character, do you remember Watch Dogs 1? I remember. I liked yeah. Aiden Aiden's costume. His that was costume the was only thing I liked about him. The costume was, was alright. It wasn't yeah. like anything fancy, but... It wasn't anything fancy. It wasn't anything standout. It was... It was so plainly average, you could just believe that he was just some other guy on the street. Yeah. But now he knows how to hack. Yeah, he knows how to hack. He's got a smartphone. That motherfucker hacker. Smartphone hacking. Yes. So, um, and to top off my week, um, I love to see the things I love burn and fucking... Go to the hell, burn to the ground. It's amazing because uh, the Neon Genesis dub and sub is fucking... I I do not like it at all. (laughs) You've been chewing my ear off about this thing. Because it's so... Like, listening to the new dub, everyone has been miscasted so fucking hard. Because they just have to redub it. Yeah, but like... (laughs) If they wanted to redub it, I would say, hey, get back the vo- original voice actors to redub it. Yeah. And, and they did come out improve. and say, they, they, they did come out and say, hey, look, we know you want to redub Neon Genesis. We're happy to, you know, redub it. We're happy to come back and do it. And Netflix, like, nah, we're going to fucking pay big money to get some other fucking no name actors to voice actors to do this. Like, the person they got for Shinji is this transsexual female 
that makes Shinji look sound like a uh, mature f- woman. It makes him yeah, sound mature, like a mature woman. 30-year-old woman. Yeah. For this 14-year-old kid. See, like, when Spike voices Shinji, he still has that very high-pitched sort of voice to him because he's a fucking kid. He's still a kid at 14. Barely a teenager. But then when you had this mature woman voice come from Shinji and like they literally are changing like li- like I-, I barely got through so like just the first episode but they're changing like some of the context of the scene so uh, Masato is like a hugely irresponsible woman who's in charge at Nerve etc etc and they had the personality the voice actor put the personality behind it and this one is just like, okay, no, she's just a regular commander person. Nothing really too excited about her. And I'm like, well, like literally they're changing the lines of the scene, which sort of changed the original meaning a bit, especially with the uh, Karu, the Karu change when in the original Karu's like, hey, Shinji, I love you. Mm-hmm. And Shinji's just like, this feeling, what is this feeling? Is this love, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it, Shinji's confused because he's hasn't felt love because he like ever since his mother died because his mother died, and his dad literally does not care for Shinji at all, other than the fact that Shinji can pilot a, the Ever Unit. That's all he cares about. And then like, but Shinji's like, I've never had anyone love me before, and this is confusing. Even though he's a guy, and society says I should be with a girl, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I'm sitting there going, okay. And then they change the scene to, hey, I like you. I like you, Shinji. And that was it. And then, because Shinji's response was, oh, Karu said I was worthy of his grace. I've never had someone say they like me before. And that's really just fucking just, oh. Because in the original scene, Shinji's like, no one's ever told me they'd love me before like my mum that's it but no one's told me they've loved me ever then so like but when you say oh no one's ever said they liked me before the impact is so minuscule it's like because there's a big difference between like and love and someone's like hey I like you and then someone's like hey I love you there's a different emotion in there. But likes more of like a buddy friend. Like, um, someone put the uh, meme with uh, Karu and Shinji posing for a picture. And then uh, Shinji's like, oh, we look like a couple. And then you see the Netflix comment underneath it says, yeah, a couple of besties. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. I fucking was lost. It was so fucking good. But um, yeah, so they changed a lot. Especially like, they're centering by the sounds of it they're centering a lot just to uh please a lot of mainstream audiences which is kind of weird because i was i was actually excited for netflix this netflix dub to come in i was like okay like people can see what neon genesis is all about like i'm excited to see people watch my favorite anime of all time like especially new eyes but when they change the context of scenes and they change how things are done and they take away the impact that it had, 
it's like you're showing them a lesser version and these people are like especially when they change the context of some of the scenes people misinterpret what's actually going on mm-hmm. and i remember seeing an article something about like neon genesis is about like social like socialism in modern day etc cetera, etc cetera. like no it's about a fucking depressed producer who was going through who's going through like the shittest part of his life making a, a project that he hated and then ended up being an absolute masterpiece but yeah so seeing neon genesis being treated the way it is like i've never seen like the neon genesis reddits and facebook pages light up this much in a long time like uh i literally posted just one picture to the neon genesis uh facebook page of the netflix changing uh the scene where shinji and oscar or shinji's kind of confronting oscar uh basically saying that like he needs her to fix him and it's meant to show like shinji's manipulation of like he doesn't really understand what he's doing but he's like unconsciously trying to manipulate oscar and Mm. they went from like hey i need like I need to you to help me. Like, I want to help you. I need you to help me. And they changed that to, Oscar, you're the love of my life. We could run away forever together. And I went, fucking what? Are they, are they shipping? They, that is Netflix trying to canonize a ship. They're trying, then by canonizing, I mean, they're shooting a cannon into a ship and it is sinking. It is sinking fucking hard. And it's like, Shinji doesn't understand his feelings towards Oscar. That's why you see him choking her out on the beach in the end of Evangelions, because he he, he, he wants Oscar. He has emotions for her, but he doesn't know how to handle it or understand what his emotions are. So it's a real, like, fucky situation. It's like, but I'm yes. so fucked up. Yeah, I'm so fucked up situation. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, I'm the lowest of the low. I'm the lowest. That's it. I'm the lowest of the low. <laughs> I'm surprised they even showed the jizz on his hands. Like, I fucking would not be surprised if he's just looking at a ceiling and he goes, I'm the lowest of the low. But nah, like, they fucking... I do not like this dub, redub and resub. No. Nope. Even though they say it's, like, closer to the original... It's like, yeah, but like the manga, and then you had the adaptation, which I fell in love with the adaptation. I read the manga. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But the adaptation has just put it into a different perspective at the same time. And like everyone signed off on this. It was great. But no, fuck, fuck Netflix and their crap lousy shit. Yep. But like some people- They're losing fucking money. Some people like uh, unequivocally just- directing so much hate towards the voice actors which i think is wrong yeah because no, it's not the, voice, not, actor's fault. It's not down, the voice actor's fault it is netflix's fault for going this is who i want to be here like even the voice actor for oscar literally flew across uh us to go to los angeles to uh audition for the role and she auditioned for oscar and didn't get it in in fact now we have just this whiny bitch oscar not the sort of smug um 
smug girl who thinks she's mature. No, we just have a girl who she's all up her ass. That's it. No, no hint of irony, mature. And especially how the uh, Netflix dub and sub portray Oscar as just this hard ass motherfucker. And it's like, well, no, the original Oscar was a broken girl. Like her mother. I, this this is also a plot hole I found in Neon Genesis. Is um, uh, Oscar found out she was a pilot for the Eva before her mother died. So, the people, Avas are piloted. The pilots are chosen because a they were born in the year of third impact, and b uh, the mother is dead. So Shinji's mother bonded, or died and bonded with uh, Unit 1. Uh, Oscar's mother commits suicide. So basically, dead mothers are the translator between uh, the pilot and the Ever. Because the Evers are aliens. They are straight up fucking aliens in armor. And so they're not like, they're not mechas. Even though it is kind of mecha fight because they are, they pretty much look like armored fucking beings. The 12,000 plates of reinforced armor, but yeah. So Netflix really upset me to the point where I just started watching Neon Genesis, the original dub again. I'm not saying I'm not saying the original dub was fucking fantastic because mm-hmm. it fucking wasn't, but the redub is worse, and that's what grinds my gears because they had, I they had the opportunity if they want to redub it, they had the opportunity to get the original voice actors back. And then redub it the way that like they want to deliver it. Yeah. But no. But they didn't. They just didn't hire fucking anyone back. No. And that's they, just, they hired stupid. these new people out and they fucked it up. So this was th- this whole thing was the fault on Netflix management. Exactly. They should have just left good enough alone. Yeah, so was that like even like Spike and all that, all the voice actors like, hey, look, Tell Netflix you, you you guys want to the original dub. Tell Netflix that you want to preserve this piece of art, and everyone did. Netflix was like, "Nah, I'd rather spend money fucking it up than preserving it." Then preserving it. Yep. So that's my week. Everything I know and love is uh. Oh, that's what I forgot to do. I wanted to rewatch the Silent Hill Requiem movie and deliver a massive hit piece, but I guess I'll do that next week. Because yep. I forgot to watch it. But yeah, that's been my week. Mm. Grand week it was. All right, so now on to the news. And hey, the news. This, this we're going to start off on a really bum, yeah, unfortunate gonna, note. We do have to start uh, off on the bum note, though. So, Etika, uh, a popular YouTuber, mainly known for his reacts, I love his content i'm pretty sure alex does as well with his content i definitely do i like watching all of his content when uh after e3 especially because it's just it's like it's that little wholesome bit that comes after nintendo he's pretty much the hype man yeah he's nintendo's hype man yeah and uh he put out some like i'm pretty sure he has messages about like having suicidal thoughts um couple days ago they uh found his belonging belongings and as of 25th of june they have found his body and uh so yeah um 
the New York Police Department posted that they regret to inform that Desmond Amofa, sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong, okay, Etika has been found deceased. Um, this really sucks. It's definitely like hit pretty much all his followers, all the fans, and the entire online community as a gaming community as a whole, especially yeah. Nintendo people. And, uh, yeah, it's so, um, in, yeah, in social media, apparently he's been like having suicidal thoughts and posting on about that, that. I remember and, he did have a breakdown, uh, sometime last year as well, where he just started uploading a bunch of weird videos to his channel. Not too sure what that was about, but that could be linked to this. I just remember that he did have a breakdown last year. Yeah, then that it really fucking sucks. And apparently he had another one this year. And uh, yeah, it's it really, really sucks to see someone like that yeah. in such a situation that it is. Like the like, gaming community has lost someone just so full of passion and energy. Yeah. Like that. he he was bringing life into what like these days on youtube is becoming a sort of bleak and negative gaming community yeah so yeah like rest in peace etika man like yeah we give we give our we here at ozplays give our condolences to etika's family as well as all of etika's loyal subscribers which is us as well yeah and we also feel is our responsibility that even though we may not reach many people those that we do reach uh, if you're ever feeling down and you need someone to talk to, um, the suicide prevention hotline for Australia is thirteen eleven fourteen. They're, they're open, they're open twenty four hours, seven days a week. They're, yeah, they're there if you need to talk to them. Yeah, it's just like it, if anyone's in a like main thing because like I'm pretty sure we've all been through this before as well. We've mm. been in dark times of life. Really, like some people feel like there's no option but really it's it's out there you just need to find it and Mm. the first step is just to talk to someone talk to someone and even if they can't help you immediately they will be able to help you through the long run of it all as i've been this been this way before it's it's a terrible part it's almost it's pretty much it's like a sucky fact of life to a degree yeah so if you're ever in that state, please do talk to someone. There are plenty of uh, uh, services. phone services out there, yeah. for especially for like Australia. Uh, we have Lifeline. That's 13, 11, 14, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, they're there if you need you. And yeah, rest in peace. Like mm. It's sad to see someone with such energy go. We will miss you, Etika. We will. But... <clears throat> as I said the show must go on yep and unfortunately we're, we're gonna we get, get some into bad news aren't we it's kind of it's not bad news it's just retarded news well it's not as bad as the last news it's definitely not oh, not even close it's no. just retarded someone could ever consider this a thing and that is EA explaining to a board of uh, people that loot boxes are surprise mechanics. That, that Just... wasn't a board. That was the government. Was it? I that was, it was the a... government. 
So, uh, yeah. Um, holy shit, that looked like a house fire. Because they're basically like, hey, the fuck it, like, you know, how do you guys deal with loot boxes? It's just like, um, we don't call them loot boxes. We call them surprise mechanics. And fucking that would be more believable if you actually did. And yeah. literally not weeks before at E3 going, hey, no loot boxes in this or that game. Ha, no loot boxes here, no loot boxes there. Like plenty of surprise mechanics, though. Plenty of surprise mechanics. Now, this term did not exist before that hearing. Did not exist at all. And they're like, surprise, we've always called them surprise mechanics. Like, you know, when you go into a shop, go to whatever your equivalent or target Kmart is, and you buy your kid a Kinder Surprise or whatever, it's pretty much like that. I'm like, fuck right off your high horse is pretty much like that. What that kid is getting, he's getting candy and he's getting a toy. Yeah, and he's guaranteed to get both candy and a toy. Two physical entities that exist here in reality. All right, with, with fucking loot boxes, you're paying money for something that doesn't exist in a world that doesn't exist. And you're fucking... And it's a predatory practice of what oh, they're yeah. doing. They make it... It's like when you... Let's say fucking I go down to Woolworths and I go buy myself a Kinder Surprise. Fucking I get the Kinder Surprise, start opening it up, and all of a sudden you hear just... Oh, and when oh. I open the Kinder Surprise, fucking confetti shoots out of the aisles and everyone's cheering, saying congratulations as I look upon my dinosaur that I have to build myself for my Kinder Surprise. Now, that fucking happened. I'd fucking buy Kinder Surprises all the time mm. because that is what rewards you for getting such good stuff. But you don't. You buy no. a Kinder Surprise, you get you get some fucking chocolate and you get a toy. Whereas Surprise Mechanics, it is enticing you to buy more because it's trying to make you feel good about your purchase. And then yeah, it says, like- buy more. So I play I play gotcha games, but at least gotcha games are honest. Like they so like, they, they straight up tell you th- these are the chances of you getting what you want. You're so like gambling. Ga- we all know it. Gotcha, We're not going to sugarcoat it. Gotcha only only really exists because Japan has some like really really weird stuff about their gambling. Mm. To which like pachinko is kind of not really gambling, but like then gotcha is, but. It's allowed. It's 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 weird, and it requires a whole different level of conversation. But we we could dedicate an entire episode to discussing Japanese gambling laws and how gacha fits into them. Oh, just Japanese laws in general, man. Oh yeah. So um, so yeah, like they came out and said surprise mechanics, uh, just like a fucking Kinder surprise, and they believe it is ethical. So they are comparing a gambling mechanic to a toy that is made for kids and calling it ethical Mm. because fucking the children's equivalent of gambling is quote unquote ethical to them apparent i i didn't see it but a friend of ours was saying like apparently she even fucked up and said they were unethical at one stage (sighs) 
and it was just like oh wait oh fuck ah, fuck that i mean i mean ethical i mean ethical like i i you could see it in her face during that hearing like after she said some of the shit she said she just like gave herself a bit of a whoo i just said that that's fucked <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that's not the only retarded thing that come out of that uh the whole parliamentary hearing fucking uh guy down at epic says straight to the uk parliamentary committee oh we don't make any money off Fortnite. Like Fortnite's <laughs> no shit. We don't make any money off Fortnite. It's a free to play game. Anyone can play it. It's free. And then you can you hear the fucking guy is like, yeah, but you're a business. Like you didn't make this game out of the kindness of your heart. You you're going you made it so you can make money. Like there's no beating around it. You made this to make money. Yeah, what, so, what the what Epic was saying there was like, oh, we make no money from the sale of Fortnite because Fortnite is a free game. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like they're trying to say they're trying to we make all of our money that blanket. They're going yeah. to go, hey, look, we don't make any money off Fortnite because it's a free to play game, and, it's, and they're trying to say, oh, we don't make any money because it's free to play. You know, don't buying the transaction shit though that's not the sale of the game it's like no you're making money off that game somehow so how the fuck are you making money uh, i want to find it epic and uh, says they make no money from fortnite yeah they make all their money from the um what is it called the battle pass no is, they is make it, it from transactions and battle pass shit yeah, that's why they come out with all these skins and crap. Because little, little fucking Timmy point. goes into goes into mommy's bedroom while she's out doing something. You know, could be hanging out the washing, fucking empty the dishwasher. Goes into mommy's purse, right? Takes her credit card, makes that fucking sneaky purchase. Mommy hmm. doesn't fucking know what's going on. And then Fuck. fucking Timmy's just, you know, supporting these practices in the industry. It's like, what the fuck, Timmy? You're letting uh, the so rest the, of us down. The guy is called Canon Pierce, and he says, I don't think it's accurate to define Epic as making money from people playing the game. What do you mean you don't think it's ac- accurate? Not only that, going going back to the fucking um, uh, EA's surprise mechanics, they're straight up saying like, and you know, we don't agree with the evidence that it is unethical. Like, how fucking stupid of a sentence is that? You don't agree with the evidence that's that's unethical. So you're saying there's evidence saying evidence, fact saying it is unethical, and they're saying no, nah, we don't believe it. That's fucking you think that what? No, no, fucking kids, kids, uh, the generation that's gonna make us money. And we can't get it unless we compare it to Kinder Surprises. Fucking hell. It is, it is. It's the most, like, one thing I found quite funny is Know Your Meme got fucking right on that shit real fast. Like, yeah, I know. The day, it's, it's not it, the day it's that video adoption. came out, the whole thing about loot boxes are surprise mechanics, it became a Know Your Meme shit and people, like, everyone knows how fucking stupid that is mm. like i don't i 
I don't think the uh, UK uh, government committee understands how fucking retarded that is because they're not really, I would say, tech savvy. And so, like, for example, see that Mark Zuckerberg thing when he went to Congress and that. It's like, this phone, can this phone track me if I went to Pluto? Fucking, I don't care. But, um, yeah, I don't think they understand how fucking egregious and straight up retarded half the shit they were saying is. And it's like, okay, we understand that what they're saying is probably, like, non-factual. But uh, only the gamers are going like, holy shit, you couldn't be any more wrong if you fucking tried. Luke and Box they try. Mm, piracy is just a surprise discount. Yep. The kidnapping is just surprise adoption. What was the, the one I fucking love was uh, by Yong Ye. It's like, oh, there's been witnesses saying that you have murdered this man. He goes, oh, no, I didn't murder him. It was just a surprise funeral. <laughs> like fuck but like I don't know who that woman is I don't know what part of the company she represents if she's like fucking like an outsourced person from she EA is, or actually works within the company she is just a political mouthpiece that's all she is uh, I'm trying to find her name because it's fuck so yeah June 19th uh, EA sat for the UK Parliamental Digital Cultural Media Support and Sport Committee to discuss the immersive and addictive technologies. So her name is Kerry Hopkins. Jesus. And fuck me. Oh, okay. That's not anything. I can't find any information on her. She's probably been buried on the fucking internet. But yeah, um, this comes at like, it's just a massive shit show right now between like, you know, you got Epic right now and dealing with the committee, and then you got EA dealing with the committee, and then you have fucking like articles from I'm pretty sure was Polygon. I'm probably gonna double check this uh, before I. Oh, uh, so I'm not gonna. I don't think it's Polygon, but uh, an article came out saying, "Hey, look, uh, if you remove uh, loot boxes from uh, sports games, sports games are gonna die." How are they going to make money if uh, you don't have fucking this shit, like loot boxes in your sports games? I'm like, are you fucking serious? It's, it's almost as if the initial purchase of the game isn't enough. i got to find this article. So it's um, uh, sports games die without loot boxes. I bet you'll fucking come up. Yeah. Yep, Polygon. Yep, Polygon wrote it. Polygon came out, the article says, anti-loot box bill poses a real threat to sports video games. Of course, fucking Polygon. How else are those billion dollar licenses paid? Like, all right, if you're spending billion dollars, billions of dollars on a video game license and can't make that money, then you're a fucking idiot for buying it and shouldn't be in business. Pretty much. Like, if your if your income on a game is based solely on a not based solely, but your prime income of the game is coming from loot boxes, and because they are unethical and they are predatory, and they get removed for being what they are, and you're like, we can't make money off this anymore. 
sports games are dead. So it's either one, whoever's licensing this shit out is fucking charging you a shit ton of money because A, they see the money you're pulling in because of those loot boxes, or B, they just have completely unrealistic expectations on people willing to pay a certain amount of money without these predatory practices. So, oh no, me fucking be NRL. How is me NRL going to be uh, continuing if I don't have me fucking sports team? My gotcha in my FIFA. That shit. Yeah, FIFA. Probably the original gotcha game. Fucking someone found that shit. And it's like, no, I need to have pachinko elements and fucking randomized loot boxes even final fantasy brave exvius tells me my drop rate and fucking ea are crying poor about doing it of course how, they were. how fucking dare they that is stupid as shit but yeah so ea pretty much caught with their fucking pants down trying to like it's, it's the one thing it's like we don't call them well, fucking loot boxes. We call them surprise mechanics. Surprise, no. your bank account's now empty. Surprise, your fucking loot box is gone. That's a surprise mechanic. The government. But, um, yep. oh man, fucking call, never calling them surprise mechanics before, ever. Never documented that these were called surprise mechanics. As I said, even weeks before, EA coming out saying no loot boxes. This is the term they popularized. This is the term mm. EA popularized. Loot boxes. And now they they can't get fucking far away enough from it. It's fucking stupid. Yeah, because it's the it's the new fucking the new taboo. The new dirty word. They don't want to be associated with that. Yeah. Because people is, are waking the fuck up. It's kind of fucking like to see how far this has come. From like, like obviously we had DLCs. DLCs was one thing. And then we had like everyone get fucking outraged about that Oblivion horse armor. Like fucking five bucks for my horse armor. Like people were fucking flipping a tit and a half about that horse armor. They should have kept that rage. Yeah, but like over time, it just wore people down to the point it was like, fucking cosmetic loot boxes are fine like not even not even like cosmetic purchases cosmetic loot boxes like people like cosmetic loot box fine it's just that pay to win mechanic like no like fucking if you like if i in my opinion if you were to put the cosmetics out for show on a price there would be less like anger about it Rather than people going, like, what Overwatch has done. It's like, we have these seasonal skins, but you can't buy them. You have to roll, roll for, for them. them. Roll for them. You are unable to buy these skins. You have to roll for these fucking skins. And if you don't get your skins, but you've spent 50 fucking, you know, boxes worth on it, tough luck. Like, that is fucking horrid. Mm. But, as I say, it's... What is the fucking thing with the uh, the frog the frog in the pot? And it's like if you put a frog in a boiling pot, it's just gonna jump the motherfucker out. But if you put it in the pot in cold water and slowly turn up the temperature, it's gonna sit in there. 
and that's yep. kind of what happened with loot boxes except fucking ea decided to come in do that take the pot off the off the fucking element start fucking the pot shitting in the pot and tell you how good this pot of shit is and then the government's like no you're trying to feed shit to people you're like no i'm not this is surprise shit <laughs> i'm not feeding this is surprise shit that's all it's how ethical is this man it's nutrients out my ass so yes that's fucking loot it's, it's boxes. fucking taco tuesday's mystery meat oh that's a that's never a good name to put in front of any food mystery, mystery. food mm. mystery dumplings uh, you put mystery in fucking anything unless it's like mystery chocolate like something that's that's generally considered good like uh what's generally considered what everyone fucking like mystery candy that oh, no. sounds enticing a bit yeah but then we get the fucking that harry potter jelly bean shit which is Fuck that. oh harry potter jelly beans are the biggest detriment candy that money can buy yeah because those things legitimately taste like shit like, like even the ones that should taste good taste like shit yes because they've bit they've been sitting in the same box of the ones that do taste like shit a bit of the flavor sort of rubs up against each other a bit of trading paint mm. in the fucking box that you shake up. Oh, this one's this one's like Ewax. Let's put this fucking candy, which is meant to be enjoyed, into our... Oh, my God, and I'm vomiting. Yep. Oh, my God, this is legit Ewax. You better start pissing on me and tell me it's raining because <laughs> this shit ain't right. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, fuck mystery anything. Yeah. All right, so... Uh, here is speculation. Ooh, a speculation like article. Speculation. Because this is according to an insider. Uh, according to a famous insider. So, I have no fucking idea, but Near Automata 2. That's Near Automata. Near Automata 2 is in development with a high budget, according to an yes. insider. Yes. Uh,. Near Automata 2 is under development in Platinum Games. It can count on a high budget according to a famous insider. The next episode of Near Automata will boast a high budget, the insider wrote on Twitter. They have hired new people and putting together a bigger team for the game. So, like, I, I knew this was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. Because uh, not only is, like, Near Automata, like, a fantastic game. Like, it's not like a hundred percent on the combat but the story is fucking amazing like uh, it's it's a great experience and it's kind of it's the kind of rpg elements being able to customize your your fighting style and shit like that that's pretty cool but near automata 2 was just going to happen it was just going to it was too big not to but uh knowing yoko taro uh I don't know if you'll actually be involved because Ooh. unless Yoko Taro had an idea for a sequel afterwards mm. in which, like, according to those endings, I don't think they planned for a sequel so much. Like, I, I, he left some open-ended stuff, but that's not for sequel baiting. That's more up for speculation. But... Yeah, so if this is going through, 
I would not be surprised if Yoko Tari is not on board because Yoko Tari is not one of those persons to just pump out stories. No, he thinks long and hard about that shit. Yeah. That's why we get great stories like the original Nier in Nier Automata. And like Drakengard 1, yes. Drakengard 2, kind of. Drakengard 3 was really weird. Mm. Really weird. It's like, hey, look, I'm a fucking horny woman and i'm here to kill my sisters and fuck her servants yeah that's a bit I weird i don't know if yoko Taro's involved in that but i would not be surprised if he was mm. so yes yeah, so uh that's all we got for that so that's purely speculation that uh near automata 2 is in development which is i said i'll be interested to see it hopefully Yokotaro is behind it because he's a fucking good story writer like Yokotaro and Platinum teaming up is probably one of the best ideas ever because pretty much that's what Yokotaro wanted with his uh, Nia and Guard games was that sort of fighting aspect but since it was just his team they weren't the best at doing it and then you got Platinum which is great at fighting games like Bayonetta Bayonetta is a great fighting game mm. um uh, Metal Gear Rising? Did they do Metal Gear Rising? Yes, they did Metal Gear Rising. Another great, another great fighting game. Yeah, like Platinum does some solid stuff as well as like uh, what was the fucking Vanquish? Well, technically, they are character action games, not fighting yeah. games. Yeah, that's that's what. It, yeah, character action is uh, um, what am I trying? Character action is basically like having a character in a action game with a fighting like move list in a 3d pla- uh, platform pretty sure actually i'm gonna fucking google it because i think i fucked up definition um character action games uh definition definition an action game is a video game that emphasizes physical challenges including as no i want character action motherfucker good, good like- luck finding that shit on google though uh, well I, I found a definition once upon a time like that sums up perfectly it's basically like you have a character that moves around in a 3D platform which has like a fighting style uh, move list to which you can just perform outside mm. so think of like you're fighting games but instead of fighting 1v1 on yeah, you're on fighting a, a whole fighting. bunch of enemies but on a 3D act, like back and forth yeah so there's that. Not uh, to be confused with uh, one versus one hundred, which is more the Dynasty Warriors, yeah, uh, sort of mode. That is that Dynasty Warriors is still kind of classified as a character action though. It depends because, on which Dynasty Warriors, because some have more like emphasis on those move sets, and other ones are just hit X to win. Yeah, that's pretty much what the original Dragon Guards was. Was it's mash square? Yeah, squares your attack. You just do the same rinse repeat bread and butter combo over and over mm. again. Uh, next and last on our news for today, the Steam summer sale has begun. Yes, and for me, kind of lackluster, yeah. but it's only just started, so I'm not I'm not fucking cooling my bridges now. But uh, they have some weird sort of meta uh game that they're playing, so they call it the street the steam style grand prix or grand prix and uh grand prix. so basically you choose a team out of the 
the rabbit, the hares, the tortoise, the corgis, the cockatiels, and the uh, boars, I'm pretty sure. And it's basically a race. Mm. And whoever wins and the race, I don't fucking know what happened. I was on Team Corgi and uh, fuck, I don't know. Yep, Team Corgi's winning already. Team Corgi's been winning since the start for some reason. This this shit is stacked. This shit is stacked so hard. Holy shit. Team, I don't think Team Corgi has lost. Because Team Corgi is like almost at the finish line. And, you know, the fucking tortoise, the pig, the hand, the cockatiel are fucking leagues behind them. Fucking leagues. Oh, let's do some booze. Apparently. That's right. Because so yeah, in the middle of recording a podcast, you're like, oh, quick, I've got to get me boost, John. Got to get me boost and make a pit stop. Because if you get 15,000 coins, you get a $7.50 discount. Uh, you can also get a Grand Prix badge by spending 100 coins. Um, spending 1,000 coins will get you some backgrounds for your profile. You can even get chat emoticons, which are about 100 coins each. Uh, nothing real fancy. Probably the only thing at worth is definitely not the backgrounds. It's either the fucking Grand Prix badge, uh, which is, you know, you level up your badge and you get more XP and your account goes up. You get more friends list shit. Uh, or the fucking $7.50 discount to win your next store purchase. So the Grand Prix kind of has people confused because they have this uh, quest system mm-hmm. in which they will give you specific quests. So, for example, right now, my Steam page is telling me to play World of Warships and if I win a random PvP battle, I get 50 points. Uh, for Team Fortress 2, to complete a Team Fortress 2 casual match gives me 60 points. Uh, play Space Hulk Deathwing, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. So if you play some of their Grand Prix quests, you get some points. Uh, they even have participating games in which these games I do not own at all. So I'm basically it's like, hey, look, if you own this game, you can do this shit. Cool. Don't own them. And then they have the games that you actually do play. So, so they're kind of enticing you to buy games at that point. Yeah, so they're enticing you to buy games, and if you buy these specific games, you can get more points. So that's interesting. So uh, here we go. Corgi. So out of the teams, Corgi is number one because it won a race, won the first race. It has three Grand Prix uh, points. Uh, They're going to win this race as well, put them up to six. And what happens when my team wins? This is what happens if your team wins. Team with the most distance Mm. points wins the race for the day. First place will earn three Grand Prix points. Second will earn two. Third will earn place one. At the end of Steam Grand Prix event on July 7th at 10 a.m. PDT, the team with the most Grand Prix points will be declared the overall winner. Um, uh, Okay. Fuck, do they win? Yeah, what do they win? I don't understand. Oh, well. It says you win the... Ah, oh, random members of the top three teams win free games. Mm. So, oh, fuck me. So, uh, 
top three games they're awarding for free are Cyberpunk, Sekiro, and Octopath Traveler. Shit, what? Yeah. Not to everyone, just random people in the winning teams. Oh, fuck it but up. you have to be in the top three. What team are you on again? I am team uh, Cockatiel. Then, yeah, you came third. Should be still in the running. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you're winning this fucking time, though. Yeah, no. Uh, no, you are. You're in second place. Ooh. But uh, you're fucking miles behind the Corgi. Yeah. Absolute fucking miles. So, yeah, Steam sales on. Uh, finishes shortly after my birthday. Hopefully, I have a uh, good friends and family just gonna throw money or Steam cards my way because there are a few games like the War, uh, Total War Warhammer game I want to get on. Yep, yep so that's a good one. Expensive, which is gonna be another RTS, well, technically turn-based strategy that we're gonna get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so definitely check out that shit. See how it goes. And that's it for the news. Well, Epic's not having a summer sale, so... Yeah, fuck Epic, though. You're not fucking this now or anything. They don't fuck fucking... Epic. They put their entire catalogue in sale. That's like, what? Four games. 40, 40, 50 games? Well, I mean... You got Unreal Tournament. That's free. Oh. Mm-hmm. The fuck are they selling, then? Um, games, apparently. The exclusives. Oh, yeah, that's another fucking retarded thing. Epic says that they're basically making the PC gaming space better for buying exclusives because they are encouraging the competition to... Okay, they're basically saying, Hey, Steam, uh, before fucking... I can't remember the guy who runs Epic uh, went out and said, Hey, Steam, if you change your... Uh, revenue split to like 12.86 or something we'll stop buying exclusives right now and we'll even release some epic games on your platform like they are being the most cockiest assholes right now going hey we're trying to make the pc gaming a better space for gamers because we're trying to encourage a better revenue split like, fuck off. Fuck off. So you're trying to run a business by actively encouraging other businesses to do better. No, you're... This smells... This smells fishy. I smell a witch. But yeah, fucking... Uh, yeah, basically saying that, hey, look, we're trying to save PC gaming by... Buying up exclusives and dividing the PC community. Save it! Save it, my lord! But yeah, that's fucking retarded. Anyway, on to uh, podcast topic for tonight. Yay! We have a, a doozy of a one. Ooh. It's not really doozy, it's just, I just want to say doozy. Sounds funny. You um, say doozy. Yeah. Favorite game album and favorite song from a game. Now, like, uh, obviously, the favorite song from a game doesn't have to be from that album, but if it is, then so be it. But I have, I do have a favorite album from a game, and I do have a favorite song, which are very contrasting. <laughs> but uh, how about you? What is your favorite album and favorite song from a video game? I have a lot of songs that I like. Individual you gotta pick songs. One. 
Got to pick one. I know, but picking one is fucking hard. Fucking close your eyes and count to which one you want to pick, and then bam. Uh, I'd have to say the my favorite song, uh, from a video game would be the Pelican Escape from the original Halo Combat Evolved. I can't even remember that. That's fucking because I've played the Halo uh, Anniversary Edition mm-hmm. lately. I would say like in the past couple of like probably six or seven months, and uh, but since I was playing the Anniversary Edition, I'm pretty sure the music changed. So I didn't get the original uh, Pelican song from that. Well, I haven't played the Anniversary Edition, so I only know that one there. (laughs) Well, there you go. Mm. Why do you like it so much? I reckon just the way it was done alongside the the ticking down timer to the escape. Just how everything lined up just really, really sold me on it. And I, I just like listening to that song just without being in that context as well. Mm-hmm. It's like a kind of, it's a little bit nostalgic for me. Yeah, that makes Halo, sense, I reckon Halo Combat Evolved was the first game that I like properly beat by myself. Like I used to, I I played I've beaten other games, but I usually have like, you know, friends or my older cousins help me through certain parts that I found difficult. Mm. Because like I was I was young back then, but when I was like I think I was like 7 or 8, uh Halo Combat Evolved came out. And I was like, this is it. This is the game I do by myself. I do all alone by myself. And I did. And that was that was what I got for it. That fucking epic chase scene. God, it's, it feels so dirty to say the word epic. <laughs> epic of ruining Wait. the term epic. epic. Yeah. I don't know, epic just seems like such a dude bra thing. Shaka yeah. bra, bro. Epic, man. Yeah. But it, it was, it was by its very definition epic because you were trying to escape like the destruction of the pillar of autumn you're racing the pelican to try and get to the end mm. you just, you're fucking you, you're going at it like it, it's it's a do or die moment yeah it's it's very tense it's almost down to like it feels like it's coming down to like the last second yeah it was second spare mm. and that was that was really what sold it uh and my favorite album uh, and I will listen to this entire album all the fucking way through, is the Neo Automata album. Okay. So, like, I have the opposite reaction with the Neo Automata album. I like the music, but I feel it needs to be paired up with the visuals to really deliver the impact that the song hates. Like, yeah, um, it needs to be paired up with with visuals especially like, it have to be the, the um visuals the, but just with visuals the the song for the boss of um simone the beauty robot that ah, you yeah, fight the in the in a carnival yeah yeah like th- the music needs to be paired with like the opening thing like when i saw that opening it's just like ah, ah, and then there's the, like the fucking don't like the orchestra and the fucking opera behind it that's like goosebumps kind of moment but then listen oh shit but then um listening to it by itself i still had that sort of feeling but it's only because i kept pairing it to that moment in the game listening Mm. to itself sounds great but it doesn't have that impact as when it is paired with the visuals is it so because you've had the impact that it's lessening? 
Oh, the no, he's not listening. Song. Like I said, the, the song is good, but mm. I feel the songs are made with the visuals in mind, like how some music videos are made. But mm. as like I can, some songs are like really good and very like relaxed stuff. Like when you're in the resistance space, how you have that sort of like quiet, chimey sort of music with the kids singing in the background. That's just something you could just put on in the background and just relax mm. and you can do that fucking anywhere and it's just really fine but uh the real high notes of that album i feel uh really high because of the moment it's been paired with the visual stimulation and it's kind of like telling a story mm. but you know without that visual tie to it you're only getting a part of the story that's how i feel about the album like it's a great album but i feel it needs to be paired up with the game in the visuals in order to deliver the massive impact that it's trying to go for mm. it, yeah it kind of does need that but i still i still oh, yeah, enjoy said, listening to it it is yeah. still a fucking great great album all right so for me, I'm going to start off with my favorite album, mm-hmm. and that is the album from Persona 3. Ooh. That that album is just solid front to back. Like, I'm try- I, I want it to come out on Spotify, like a decent version, because the, the version on Spotify is fucking horrid. Like, I think it's fan upload shits and stuff like that. But, it, it, like, it is amazing. And as we're talking about with the Neo Automata, how it has to be paired up with the visuals, mm. I feel like the music um, actually is a lot better when you just sort of put the game down and listen to the music. It was yeah. like when you like when you're playing the game and a song comes on, you just I just like put the controller down and I just listen to that song. It's like fuck yeah, this song's great. I don't think. They didn't really have any uh, songs that tied up with a impactful scene in the game. Kind of, they kind of actually did the opposite in which when like a massive like impact of a scene would happen, they would sort of remove the music and let the scene drive the narrative and just have that impact there. Like they would have the ambient music to sort of carry the scene but when the real big hitter of uh that scene they would dial the music back but this as i said like i would sort of and multiple times i'll be like sitting in uh in the fucking uh tartarus which is the pretty much the mementos but of persona 3 Mm-hmm. and it's just sort of like really fucking solid music uh persona 4 did something kind of similar but it had some real creepy music like persona 4 had a good album and especially with the persona 4 golden uh with the bonus tracks and shit like that real top-notch stuff but then like out of like you just hear this like nice smooth jazz and good bass lines and then you'll just hear this like real creepy uh like eerie music i'll have it on my phone so i'll i'll show you after the after the podcast but yeah it's mm-hmm. it's not a 
like Persona 3 in comparison to Persona 4's album, Persona 3 is kind of like they wrote an album first and then put the songs where they belong in the game. They'll hear the song goes, okay, this song belongs at this point or this song belongs at that point. Where in Persona 4, it's kind of broken up into songs and uh, emotions and feelings. It's not mm-hmm. like a full solid, this is like bang a track after track after track. It's just like a hey, bang a track and then we have some uh, atmospheric, eerie stuff and then we have some um, ambient music for this, that and everything else. Whereas Persona 3 is just solid tracks, like front to back. All like I fucking love that album so much. And if I could buy a fucking hard copy of it, I would. But every other fucking thing I see of it looks uh, dodgy on eBay. So there's that. <clears throat> everything but, um, is dodgy on eBay. That's why it's called eBay. Is, everything is dodgy. But um, so my favorite track though um would have to be 115 from call of duty black ops Ooh, that is a good one so um i'm pretty sure it's the der rise map i was gonna i was gonna double check that uh no it wouldn't be der rise it's not it's the um the theater map yeah not der on totten i think uh no I can't remember the name of it. Um, one one five Elena Sigmund. What kind of what kind of map did it appear on? Um, Kino de Totten. That's it. Kino. So yeah. Uh, one one five from the Kino de Totten map, basically was an Easter egg song in which when you activated all three pieces of one one five, the music would come on, and like first hearing that song after you do that Easter egg. And it's just coming at you with the solid like triplets on the uh, bass drum and the and like Elena Sig- uh, Siegman, yeah, Elena Siegman. It's got like such a raspy scream and a growl to her, but it's very well projected to where it's still sort of clean and understandable, and just the fucking raw metal of the song just pumps you up it gets you wanting to murder zombies making you take like more risks than you would because like you feel almost invincible when the song comes on like uh, we even have a friend of the show who made a facebook group called um something along the lines of like 115 uh the 115 easter egg saved my life so when like <laughs> in for example where you know, when you play this song and, like, you're almost about to fucking get killed, but, you you know, you fucking truck on through with the song and your power and you get through it. And that's why it's, that's why it's like, my favourite song because it delivers such a emotional response of, like, fuck yeah, this is, this is what, like, what Doom's album does. Mm. Like, it just straight up does get you fucking pumped for killing shit. And, mm. but... Like, this was way back in, like, my early years of music when I, like, listened to mainly metal stuff. And, oh, boy, man, like, I would go out of my way just to get that Easter egg and make sure and play that song just so I can hear it every single time we did Zombies. It was fucking amazing. So, uh, that would be my favorite song. 
would be Elena Siegmund's 115 from the Kino de Totten Easter egg. Hmm. So, and that's about, that's us for tonight. Yep. Grandiose amigos are going through another podcast once again. So, even with one man down, we were able to power through it. Oh, yeah. Like, we, we can talk shit. We can talk mad shit. That's just how we are. Mm. But, um, we can talk mad shit until the sun comes up and the cows go home. Yeah. So, on the channel, uh, Sekiro's almost come to an end. Um, I have had a uh, been quite busy, so I haven't exactly gotten around to getting the artist to do the work just yet. Uh, so I'm going to get on that as soon as I can because the sooner when that artwork is done, then the Pokemon Emerald playthrough will be coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've still got Bayonetta, which is finishing quite soon. Uh, I think there's about maybe five episodes left of that. Um, what else is there? Valkyria Chronicles is still going strong. That's got to, that's, that's going to fucking go on till the end of time. I'll tell you that much for free. Yeah. Uh, but once Bayonetta's finished and we'll start doing uploading uh, Star Wars The Force Unleashed, that is quite a short game, actually. Like, mm. you beat it in, like, what, four or five hours? Yeah, roughly four or five hours. Yeah. So it's, so it's, it's going to be quite a short series, but a good one nonetheless. And yeah, it's all for a channel. So, yes, uh, we are Oz Plays. That is A-U-S space P-L-A-Y-S exclamation point. You can find us on Twitter. I'll have our socials down in the description of the podcast. Uh, Pretty much you can find this podcast almost anywhere where you listen to your podcast. Like our, our RSS host is like amazing. Like they've got us on like... Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, fucking like, oh, like, and like seven different others I've never even heard before, but still I'm like, fucking, that is a okay. That is fucking neato. But yeah, so we're all on there. Pretty much, if you have a preferred place to listen to your podcast, we're bound to be there. And yep. yeah, that's. You're probably listening to us on your preferred place. Oh, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. But yes, and, uh, since uh, Apple Podcasts do reviews, uh, if you give us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast, we will, and leave your review down, there will be a good chance that your review will be read in our podcast. We haven't had any new reviews yet, so, you know, no one gets the fucking lucky winner, winner, chicken dinner this one, but... Nonetheless, if you guys want to support the show, definitely come check us on our YouTube. Check us out our socials. So we have our Facebook and Twitter. And yeah, I'd say we get to see you guys next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting and waiting for you to go, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. I've right, got yeah. nothing else to add to that. That's, yeah. that's how it is. That's the play. Yeah, fucking leave me to die, won't you? Yep. <laughs> All right, then. We'll catch you guys later. Yep. Catch you guys. Bye. Bye bye.